the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. God is true to his word. He takes care of his children. In all aspects of our lives, we must make godly decisions and trust him for the outcome. The ever-increasing deprivation in our secular society is unrelenting, yet we should not be surprised because God said these things would be. We must stand firm, always making godly decisions no matter what. Listen as Pastor Rander ministers to us with Bible, pen, and paper handy. Marriage was instituted by God himself for the purpose of populating the earth through childbirth, preventing sexual promiscuity, promoting holiness, and for the nurturing of the family and the church. Hebrews 13.4a says, marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled. A scripture on marriage is found in Genesis chapter 2, verses, 20 through, verses 22 through 24. Genesis 2, 22 to 24 says, Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and, and he brought her to the man. Not him to the man, or not woman to a woman. God brought her to the man. Underline that. And Adam said, This is now bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife. A man joined to his wife who is a woman and they shall become one flesh. Now, why don't you say amen? What are the impact? What are the impact and consequences of homosexual marriage? What are the impact and consequences of homosexual marriage. You're not going to hear this on CNN. You're not going to hear it uh, on Fox News and a whole lot of these places, CNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, but you will hear it in, at Maranatha Bible Church. What are the impact and consequences of homosexual marriages? Number one, it denies a child either a father or mother and does not create a family but a natural sterile union. Okay, this, this is some big stuff I'm, I'm, I'm finna come at you with. It, it does, I say it again, it, it denies a child either a father or a mother and does not create a family but a natural sterile union. Genesis 1, chapter 1, verses 27 and 28a says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Look, at verse 28, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Only a man and woman can be fruitful and multiply. No two women can bear a baby. Can birth a baby. No two men can birth a baby. But you get a man and a woman tangling 
I tell you what, you're going to have a baby crying. Why don't you say amen? I'm not going no further than that. You know what I'm talking about. What? Amen. And number two, what are the impact and consequences of homosexual marriage? Number two, it attempts to validate and promote the homosexual lifestyle and turns and turns a, a moral wrong into a civil right. It attempts to validate and promote the homosexual lifestyle and turns a moral wrong into a civil right, which is being promoted in our country and our militaries and our chaplains are having all kind of issues in the military as it relates to policy changes. Number three, it imposes its acceptance on all society. It imposes its acceptance on all society. By legalizing same-sex marriage, government becomes its official and active promoter. It, let me reiterate. It imposes its acceptance on all society. society. By legalizing same-sex marriage, government becomes its official and active promoter. As a matter of fact, that's promoted more than a man-woman-husband-wife relationship. They're trying to force this down our throat, and we should reject it because it goes against the very word of the living God. Number four, it, homosexual marriages, it becomes the cutting edge of the sexual revolution where all types of sexual freedoms and perversions will become universally accepted. In other words, when you redefine marriage, you open the door for all kinds of decadence and evil and corruption, all in the name of freedom and perversion. Uh, uh, if, if we allow marriage to be redefined, that opens the door for all kinds of corruption and decadence. For example, if you can redefine marriage and it can mean anything, it's not going to just stop there with, with two, two lesbians or two homosexuals. That's the starting point. The question you need to ask is, where is it going from there? Let me give you some things that are happening uh, even as I speak. Polygamy. When you redefine that, then why can't we have polygamy? which is a marriage that includes having more than one wife or husband at the same time and time and often times promote a pedophilia. You know, marrying uh, uh, kids that are very young, you know, you know, that, that, that's starting a new sexual revolution. Where you, where, where, where you can have a man marrying two or three women, two or three women with one man. You have people, um, uh, a man marrying 13 and 12 year olds and having sex with them and having babies with them. This is where our country is headed when we allow marriage to be redefined. But I'm not hardly through. Where else could it possibly go? I uh, know possibly too. It will go if we don't stand up. In sexual marriages. In sexual marriages, which is a marriage between two blood-related individuals. Recently, a Hollywood director came out in favor of incest in an interview. 
the director of the popular romance film, The Notebook, was out promoting a new film that features an insexuous relationship between a brother and sister. He said, and I quote, I'm not saying this is an absolute, but in a way, if you are not having kids, who gives a bleep? And he cussed, and I put the word bleep there. Look what he says. I'm still quoting. Love who you want. Isn't that what we say? Gay marriage, love who you want. Cassavetes said, if it's your brother or sister, it's super weird. But if you look at it, you're not hurting anybody except every single person who freaks out because you are in love with one another. In sexual marriage. Here's another one. It gets more bizarre. Bizarre. You, you, you won't stand up for the institution of marriage, that beautiful God-ordained institution? Here's what could possibly happen, as in another country. And one may even be able to marry their pet. All right. You going to redefine it? It can go all kinds of ways. Y'all, whoa, no, nothing. This is the truth. And one may even, oh, y'all listening today. Uh, and one may even be able to marry their pet. You know, people are in love with their pets. They leave wills to their pets. Huh? That many people who love pets more than they do, than they do people. And one may even be able to marry their pet, which is already permitted in some cultures. For example, in June 2006, a woman in India fell in love with a snake and was married to it at a traditional Hindu wedding celebrated by 2,000 guests. Also, a nine-year-old who lived near Calcutta, India, was formerly married to a dog in order to ward off a bad omen. The wedding was attended here by more than 100 guests who danced to the beating of drums and drank homemade liquor. You really find it. You hush your mouth. You go in the closet while everybody else is out the closet. And it's going to be a strange thing happening in this country, the likes of which will make us shudder to the core of our bones. As Christians, we must take a righteous stand and not a personal stand. A righteous stand and not a personal stand. What do you mean? It should, ne it should never be our intent to defame, gay bash, that's always wrong. That's evil. To, to use derogatory language or name calling against homosexuals, lesbians, and gays. That is wrong. Uh, because you are speaking and def you, you're talking down some, somebody's child. That's somebody's mother, somebody's brother, somebody's sister, somebody's grandchild. You know, and uh, you got to be careful because sometimes you, 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 you are gay bashing and you, the person you're talking to could be actually gay, gay and you don't even know it. Or have, listen, so it's not about calling and name calling and derogatory language or have a personal hatred against an individual because of their choice. We should love all peoples regardless of their choices with the love of Jesus Christ. Our goal, but what are we about? Our goal is to stand up for the defense of traditional marriage and family. If, if I'm speaking the truth, why don't you say amen? 
As God's children on earth, we are His advocates. As such, we must defend the Word of God in every aspect of our lives, including the way in which we present ourselves to the world, the words we say, the decisions we make, the way we dress, etc. As we consistently apply the Word to our lives and inspire others to do the same, we are blessed by God to be counted among His chosen generation, royal priesthood, and holy nation. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. Lastly, and most importantly, homosexual marriage is not marriage because it violates natural law and more importantly, God's law. It offends God. This is the most important reason to consider a candidate's stand on this issue in the upcoming election. And in case you struggle or have doubts about what the words say, because you got people out there twisting the word of God, let me share some word, the scriptures in this area, so that your confusion can be lifted if you are the least bit confused. Genesis 13, 13 says, But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. Genesis 19, 4 and 5, and verses 24 through 25, it says, But before they retired for the night, all the men of Sodom, young and old, came from all over the city and surrounded the house. They shouted to Lot, Where are the men who came to spend the night with you, Lot? I'm just going to embellish it. We saw them go in your house. Yeah. And here's what the scripture says. Bring them out to us so we can have sex with them. Verse 24, then the Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them along with the other cities and villages and of the, of the plain, wiping out all, look, all the people and every bit of vegetation because of the sin of homosexuality. In Leviticus uh, chapter 18, verse 22, it says, You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. In Romans chapter 1, verses 26 through 27, look what it says. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use of what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. My friend, Isaiah chapter 5, verses 20 through 21 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. As Christians, my friends, we should promote healthy human sexuality. As Christians, we should promote abstinence. As Christians, we should promote marital fidelity. This is why the upcoming election is an opportunity to let your voice be heard and to make godly decisions in a godless culture. What other issues we need to consider in the upcoming election? Sanctity of life. Say sanctity of life. 
We live in a culture of death that promotes euthanasia and physician-assisted suicide. The recent health care decision states that contraceptive methods, which include abortions, must be provided. We should vote to end abortion and taxpayer funding of it. Taxpayers should not have to fund the abortion acts. We also have the bioethical issue concerning the creation, treatment, and destruction of human embryos to conduct research. We should pursue ethical stem cell research by advocating harvesting and use of adult stem cells that have been shown to be much more productive than embryonic stem cells. Why take a life to preserve a life? Now we have the wicked and damnable death by gender, which is sex-selective abortion. It gets worse. You know, you can, if you want to have a girl and you end up uh, being pregnant with a boy, you can abort the baby because it's not a girl or vice versa. A baby should not die just because of its gender. How wicked can society get, my friends? This is called sex-selective abortion. And it's not new. It's been going on all the way back for thousands of years. For in Matthew chapter 2, verse 16, it says, Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise man, was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth, look, he sent forth and put to death all the male children who, who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. There you have sex-selective abortion. You also have sex-selective abortion uh, uh, and killings and killings in Exodus chapter Chapter 1, verses 17, verses 15 through 17. In Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 through 16, you have sex-selective abortion, uh, uh, killing babies uh, because of a personal preference. It says in Exodus 1, 15 through 17, Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shipra, and the name of the other, Poor, and he said, When you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, underline this. If it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. That's sex selective abortion. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. I wonder if you were the midwife, would you have done that? What we need today are more people like the midwives who had a reverential fear of God and were willing to do whatever it took to save babies. Life begins at conception. There has to be life in the womb before there is life outside the womb. Since Roe versus Wade was enacted in 1973, it is estimated that nearly 55 million babies have been murdered through abortion, and who knows how many more have gone undocumented. But, but, but just in case you think that baby in the womb is not a baby, you need to look at Psalms 139 verses 13 through 16. It substantiates what I'm speaking of. Life in the womb before life outside the womb. Look what the psalmist says. 
You, and this is reading from the New Living Translation because I like the way it reads to make the point even better. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Look at that. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Look at that. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Now, my brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, if that doesn't get you, you are shown off hard-hearted. What more evidence do you need of knowing that there's life in the womb before there's life outside of the womb? You hear many saying, it's the economy stupid. It's the economy stupid. It's the economy stupid. I'm so tired of that statement. It makes me want to do whatever. But, but what What is greater than the economy is the sanctity of life. The greatest injustice is not to allow a baby to be born. Because if that baby is not allowed to be born, it doesn't have a chance for education. If that baby is not allowed to be born, it doesn't have an opportunity to be rich or poor or black or white or Hispanic, Asian, Jew or Gentile. Or, or to even be born with a physical disability. You know, some people, when they take sonogram, some others, and the baby has some kind of disability, a defect, they abort the baby because they don't want to bring a disability baby, a disabled baby, into the world. Who made us God? Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 17 through 20. Deuteronomy Chapter 30, verses 17 through 20. Oh, God, help me to preach this message. Look what it says. I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Underline this. Therefore, choose life. Look at that. Therefore, choose life. That both you and your descendants may live. We killing these babies. We are damaging the nation in a way we can't even comprehend. And you know what I'm afraid of? I believe we're going to have more babies going to heaven than folk who even uh, confess Jesus Christ as Savior. You know, because 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 that's life in the womb. And if they are murdered, they go straight to heaven. And I believe we're going to have more babies going to heaven than folk making decisions for Jesus Christ, for heaven's sake. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him. Look at, for he is your life and the length of your days. And that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give them. Beloved, the Bible says in Exodus 20, 13, you shall not murder. And abortion is murder. 
After Cain killed his brother Abel, God said in Genesis 4.10, The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Church, the blood of multitudes of innocent babies are crying out to God from the ground. If my mother had aborted me, she would have murdered a gospel preacher. What if your mother had murdered you? What if your mother had murdered you? Another issue we need to consider is that many pastors uh, fear the loss of the church's 501c3 tax-exempt status. Therefore, they are reluctant to preach on controversial issues from the scriptures that relate to the issues of our times. Many pastors are more concerned about being considered politically sensitive or correct and are hesitant to exhort their congregations to obey biblical teachings as it relates to the upcoming elections. God commands that we speak the truth in love. Many pastors fail to educate the people biblically on controversial issues during the election season because they fear the negative backlash from congregants who have opposing viewpoints which align more with a secular worldview than a biblical worldview. No longer are pastors to be held captive by fear. We must preach the truth boldly without compromise. That, listen to me closely, my friend. There will never be a spiritual awakening in America until pastors are unmuzzled in the pulpit. I reiterate, there will never be a spiritual awakening in America until pastors are unmuzzled in the pulpit. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 17 says, get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them, Jeremiah, what I command you. Do not be terrified by them, or I will terrify you before them. We lose when we say we belong to God, yet do not do the things He says. When we surrender our lives, we are saying that we willingly live in total submission to Him. Jesus willingly suffered and died for us, thereby paying for our salvation in full. We must stand on the promises of God no matter what the cost, because in the end, we will inherit eternal life free of charge. The price has been paid in full. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.